This is the bottom line of SmackDown October 21st, 2022. You're listening to the Cream of the Crop Wrestling Podcast. We are your mega powers of the pro, Graham. I'm Patrick. And I'm Rob. And please be sure to help the Kingdom of the Madness by like, sharing, and subscribing. Pat, not the greatest show tonight, but it was consistent from beginning to end. Well, what word would you give us to describe the show? That That's my word. Consistent. Consistent, consistent tonight. Well, folks, that's our word of the night, so sit back and relax and enjoy some wrestling. SmackDown started with a match right off the get-go. It was Sheamus versus Solo Sokoa, and during the Sheamus entrance, there was a Bray Wyatt glitch. It was just a little flash of his logo saying he's here. Sheamus still bruised from the Extreme Rules match. They tried some heavy hits. Sheamus shows to be a little stronger than Solo, but Solo proves to be a tough matchup for Sheamus. Solo takes advantage of a bruised Sheamus and starts targeting his shoulder. Sheamus still fights back using one arm, basically. It hits his, ends up hitting the, the beats of the batterin, goes for a bro kick, but a Solo sidesteps and super kicks him. Then Sheamus knees Solo in the head out of nowhere. When Sheamus goes for a cover, Sammy jumps on the apron to disrupt the ref. Then Butch pulls Sammy down pretty hard. Butch and Ridge Holland end up getting super kicked by the Usos over the announcer's desk. Then the Usos flip over the desk to bury them under it. Sheamus jumps from the turnbuckle, the top turnbuckle, that is, and clotheslines both Usos. Then when he goes to get back in the ring, Sammy grabs his leg, giving Solo Sokoa the chance to set up for the spinning Solo. One, two, three, Solo beats Sheamus. Then all of the bloodline sets Sheamus up against the steel steps at the end of the match and pin his arm through a steel chair. And they, they just hammer his bad arm and shoulder with another chair, basically kind of giving it a smashed concerto to his, to his elbow. So this was a lot to unpack here. What do you think about it? Uh, first of all, uh, there's a few matches like this tonight where there are matches that I never knew I wanted until they happened. And I'm like, Oh, I I'm enjoying this immensely. And this is one of them. Uh, so I liked that a lot. I love just this rivalry in general because all the different pairings that we're going to be able to get between Butch and Ridge Holland and then all the Usos and Sami Zayn. Uh, speaking of Sami Zayn, as we always do, one of my favorite spots in this is, uh, when, Sheamus was in the corner. Solo Sokoa does the uh, the running where he runs and turns around and hits his butt uh, to Sheamus's face, who's laying down in the corner. Yeah, he backs that and up. Sa- yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Sa- Sammy is right there in the corner just talking and laughing mad shit to Sa- Sheamus's face after he gets hit there, right? The whole time. And the camera's right on it, and I love it. Like, it's just so good. Uh, this rivalry is going to be awesome. I assume they're setting it up for 
um, them to be the um, War Games match and just adding either Drew McIntyre to it and then possibly Kevin Owens or whoever else um, to make it a good five on five. But I uh, love this match. I love the way they're building Solo Sokoa. That dude, I physically, he's a big dude. I wish he were a little taller or maybe just a little bit bigger to be playing the role that he is playing right now. But they are making him look like a killer by putting down some big dudes and putting them down really decisively. So I really enjoy that. I think he'll be um, looking forward. So I've been trying to like map out who's going to beat Gunther. Yeah. And the the idea is to get all the titles on the bloodline, correct? I don't know. I mean, you would think so. I mean, yeah. So is Solo Sokoa the one to beat Gunther? You know? Because, uh, I mean... They obviously set up to put Seamus out, right? right? Which we'll get a medical update on him later on in the night, and we're told that by commentary, you know, at the end of the match after they get done beating his arm. But, yeah, so it looks like Seamus is going to be taking some time off, and I I don't think the Brutes are going to be taking on the Usos or the, the Bloodline in general by themselves. Nope. So, you know, As I say, I think Seamus will be back. Yeah, I think Seamus will be back here in a few weeks. I think he's just going to take a few weeks off, probably. Um, but a nice little injury angle, get a little sympathy on the Brutes, really solidifying them as baby faces. Um, like, yeah. they were already on that route, and they already were, but now this like kind of really solidifies it that these guys are crowd favorites. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think it was an excellent spot. We'll see Seamus probably back in a few weeks, definitely. Um, but... Yeah, overall, it's a hot way to start the show. I enjoyed it a lot, and uh, the more bloodline, the better. And the more butch, the better. <laughs> the more butch, the better. The butch, butch is yeah. totally over with me as well. Well, because, like, <clears throat> you know what? Uh, we'll talk about this one later. There's one I want to talk about later. We'll move on. All right. Well, uh, the next thing we see is a clip from earlier in the day where Rey Mysterio is walking into the arena, and he's stopped by Lud- Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Get And this is setting up a match later between Rey Mysterio and Ludwig Kaiser. Uh what do you think about this? Do you think Rey Mysterio is the one to beat Gunther? I don't, but this is just a legend for Gunther to beat, to, a little, to have like a little bit more credibility. But this is actually what I wanted to talk about just a second ago. I didn't realize Rey Mysterio moving over to SmackDown, how many guys he's not worked with that I wanted to see. Like, I never thought, I like, oh, Rey Mysterio, Ludwig Kaiser, that's going to be fun. It was fun, but... Ludwig, okay, not Ludwig Kaiser, but Rey Mysterio. We got the potential of Rey Mysterio and Butch down the road. You t- <laughs> <laughs> like, my mind is blown knowing that that is something that we could get down the road is a Rey Mysterio and Butch match. Like, Rey Mysterio that just does makes... not age in the ring, man. He, he does he's, not. He's almost oh. 50, and he still moves like he's in his, 20, in his late 20s or early 30s. Yeah, so, so like... This move to SmackDown, at first I was like, all right, that's cool, whatever. And then after this week, I was like, oh, this is actually really awesome. All right, cool, cool, I'm down. So Because another one, too, is have uh, have we gotten the Roman Reigns-Rey Mysterio match yet? No. That's another legend, man. That could be an easy win for Roman. Like, if you want to put them together at, like, the Rumble or something like that. Like, someone with name credibility that Roman could beat just to move on to keep his title. Well, let's move on because this is something we're going to have to really sit and unpack. Yes. Because this was Bray Wyatt and he was backstage. And this was a very somber promo that we're getting from Bray. And he starts out 
by he apologized for last week for not getting to finish what he was saying. And he goes on and says, Revenge is a confession of pain. He feels like confessing some things to us. He feels like it can help. Confesses that he has always had problems, but anger takes him to places he doesn't want to be. This past time, it took him to a place he shouldn't have came back from, but for whatever reason, he did. Chances most people won't get. He confesses he was happy and content just being left alone. He was okay with it being over. He wanted you to leave him alone. Oh, he wanted you to stop saying his name and he wanted you to leave him the hell alone. But he confesses he's really glad you didn't. Because he needed you. He needed all of you. You pulled the spears out of his ribs. You yanked him up and you told him what he's supposed to do without even having to tell him. And he's thankful for that because now he could see. He says, I know who you are. I know what you want. I know what you are trying to do, but it won't work. I confess on this journey I'm going to do horrible things, but I will never feel sorry for them. I'm just a servant now. I go where the circle takes me. Then winks at the camera, and that's the end of that promo. A lot to unpack here. What do you think? Dude, um, so... A, I think they're definitely going with the split personality. Absolutely. Um, I'm 100%. He wasn't talking. I don't think he's talking to the fans. He's not talking to us fans. mm -mm. He's talking to them. He's talking to the other M's. Yeah. Like, he's not talking to us yet at all. Because at first I'm like, oh, man, this is kind of a heel promo right now. And then I realized this is not a heel promo. This is just him being a psychopath. (laughs) Just a split personality. Now, I know there's a lot of theories of... You know, like, people are expecting a faction. So I think we're getting a mix of this. We're going to get some characters that basically represent Bray's other personalities. Uh, Yes, yes. I Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. Like, at first, I'm kind of with you where I thought we were going to get, like you said, people playing different roles. But I I could see them being a lot of personalities that never get into the ring and maybe just two personalities that end up in the ring. But, um, yeah, this one, again, Ray always has cryptic, cryptic promos, and I love it. His delivery right now, he comes across as confident and scared at the same time. Like, he's confident in himself as a human being, and he's grateful to be there. But he has, like, this fear when he talks, and this fear in his eyes that says, but I know what the other side of me can do, and I'm really scared to show everyone that. Well, and he, it's, oh man, he talks like, you know, he's like, well, that's, you know, like at the beginning when he apologizes for not getting to uh, finish what he was saying last week, he said, well, that's okay. I will now. Very somber like feeling. And it's like you're saying, like he's kind of scared and it's like he, he knows he can't do anything about it. So he's, ex- he's mm-hmm. accepted it. He's accepted yes. who he is. And uh, I mean, we'll get some more Bray Wyatt stuff later on tonight. But this was very, like, if you re- you really have to read into this and not, you know, everybody's expecting Wyatt 6. And I know people are talking about, oh, WWE trademarks and whatnot. But let this story 
take you where it's going. You know, yeah, let them, sit back and enjoy the ride. Like they're giving you enough clues. There's enough stuff you can, you know, just listen to the words and follow the QR codes. You know, yeah. You my know. only curiosity is, I just want to know who who's the first victim, who's the first uh, rivalry. That that's the only one I I'm curious on. A lot of people complaining that this is dragging out, and no, or, it's not. No, it's yeah, not. It's, this is what the second week like relax no no let it play out yeah relax the next thing we get is uh, another segment and it's uh the bloodline is backstage celebrating solo's win and hurting seamus's arm sammy tells solo he's been a gem of the of an addition to the bloodline says their work here is done and he's alluding to basically wrapping up and go you know leaving probably for the night jay interrupts him and says that they should get Logan Paul later. Sammy tells him the tribal chief was very specific to not engage Logan Paul at all, who will be uh, in the show later tonight, and it just wouldn't be very oozy. Uh, Jay kind of, you know, jokes with him and says, all right, I got you, kind of, and walks off, right? But what do you think about this? Um, It does more again of i feel like they're really like if you like i was actually watching more of like jimmy's reaction to this because jay of course gets fired up my and a dog bit more intense here my yeah, dog. yeah my dog that was just, i love i love jim more jimmy i want more jimmy more jimmy yeah uh i, but, I love i love the dap it up handshake they got it's like the third fourth time i've seen it and it gets <laughs> yes yes but like i watch these segments and the more and more that, like Sammy says, you know, Tribal Chief wants this, and Jimmy's going along with it, and Solo Sokoa's going along with it, and then the more Jay just doesn't go along with it, the more they're just alienating himself, and the more that, like, you can just see the anger rising in Jay because he wants to show he's a leader. He wants to show that he is um, trying to be there for the family and not Sammy. And it's just making him even more mad all the time. So I really, I really love the dynamic because you can watch Jimmy's reaction to it all. And Jimmy's just sitting there like, nah, Jay, like uh, you're, you're getting a little out of hand right now. Like that's kind of the look on his face all the time. And I, I, I think those are the telling signs. And I just love, I just love the dynamic that just alienating Jay more and more every single week, every episode. Yeah. It's every, yeah. Every time we see him, he just, he gets a little bit further away. A little bit more hot-headed. But, <clears throat> all right, well, let's move on to our second match of the night. It was Liv Morgan versus Sonya Deville. Liv came out sporting some Harley Quinn gear. Uh, this match is a result of last week's tussle backstage between these two women. They have a good back and forth. Liv would uh, laugh and smile after every hit from Sonya. Liv was a little more chaotic and a little more unhinged, a little more aggressive during this match. Uh, Sonya controlled the better part of the match. Sonya is awesome. Like I think she's yes. the more I see Sonya, I just notice little more things about her. I think she's, you know, very much improved in the ring, and I love it so much. Uh, Liv starts asking for more and just uh, snaps, and ends up taking Sonya to the outside of the ring, and just starts tossing her around into the steps and into the barricade. The ref ends up counting to ten, and it's a double countout. Liv starts laughing about it some more, about losing. 
then starts grabbing chairs and throwing them into the ring. I believe I counted six. She lets Sonia up on the turnbuckle, or sets Sonia up on the turnbuckle, and then superplexes her onto the chairs, hurting them both, and continues to laugh about it. What did you think about this? Uh, match itself was good. I agree with you on Sonya Deville. So, like, I remember when her and Mandy had that awesome feud that, that blew off at, I want to say it was a SummerSlam. I thought that she was amazing in that feud as well. Um, I thought both of them were, and I thought that was actually going to lead to a little bit more. Um, but, no, I think Sonya in the ring is great. Sonya on the promo was great. So, it was good to see her get another match again. Um, as for Liv, uh She's actually she okay. So I understand they're trying to make her look a little bit more crazy, and at first it was just kind of high table spot sentons. Uh, the suplex on all the chairs was a little more extreme tonight, so I enjoyed it. I enjoyed her facials. She's showing a, like a lot of range with the acting. Um, yes, of course, with the Harley Quinn out- outfit, it just came across as cosplaying Harley Quinn, um, which you can try and look past it for right now. <laughs> Um, I, I would rather see her in her own just Liv Morgan gear and throw this on as opposed to a superhero movie reference because uh, it's hard to look past it a little bit. Since the unhinged character, like that yes. makes it a little bit more cheesy. Like you say, like you're saying, I would prefer you know her to maybe do it her own self. You know, I like I did like the fact that she had the makeup and it was getting smeared during the match. That that added yep. for very good effect. And um, that was you know, that's what I was waiting for the whole time was her to basically snap and say, bring it on, like, just keep hitting me and just take, you know, just her just keep taking the punishment. Like I was yeah. getting I'm starting to get into that. And I liked where it went at the end where she ended up taking it too far. Would you consider this a heel turn? Oh, not yet. I think this is just a character shift that's I'm, a tweener I'm, right now. I'm I'm with you. I don't think you. I don't consider this a heel turn either. I want to wait till a promo. We haven't really gotten a full promo of this character yet, yeah, so I want to wait. We haven't gotten like uh, this is like playful, aggressive, almost. You know what I mean? Yes, with weapons. Live. Yeah. I love live. I love this. She. Unfor- I, I love this chaotic character she's got going. Yes. Keep she going just unfortunately it. is just so small. It's, it is kind of hard to take seriously when she goes against Charlotte or when she goes against someone like Rhonda that's a, that you can tell is much larger than her. So I am all in on Liv essentially being the female Al Snow. Give me, give me that. Yeah, just be a super psychopath human being that uses weapons. Um, I'm down for that. What do we want? Liv! <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yep. Well, moving on, because this was a good part of the night. I love it anytime we get to see L.A. Knight on screen, because we get an L.A. Knight vignette. And he reminds us, whose game is it? It's the Mega Stars game, L.A. Knight, baby. Yeah. What do you think about L.A. Knight? I love L.A. Knight. Like, L.A. Knight's just going to be a... He's a star. Like, he's a star on the rise. He's got the body. He's got the look. He's got the chops. Yeah, there's nothing to say. He's going to be great. I think he's on his way for a championship. And, I mean... If you want to give him the Intercontinental title, I wouldn't be mad at that either. Dude, he, he, I don't really think, I don't see him as a world title contender, and that's just my eyes. I think I'm wrong, but I, that's just my eyes. But I think a him as do. a mid, oh, I know, I think I'm wrong on this one. But I think um, him as a mid title heel, holy crap. 
Like, I, I think he could hold that Intercontinental or U.S. title as a heel just and almost run it the same way like Mr. Perfect ran it back in the, the 1990. Definitely. Oh, it's I'm still fascinated with how they're on this new cycle where we don't we get uh, the same characters every week. You know, we get the same main ones usually, but we don't get. You know, every week we'll get a shuffle, and I think it keeps the show fresh. But uh, speaking of keeping the show fresh, because something coming, they're coming. They're the Viking mm-hmm. Raiders, and that was the next vignette this, that we saw. And, I mean, this is a cool vignette. We're getting this, you know, shows off all their really cool Viking gear. And you just see the back of uh, where I'm assuming it's Sarah Logan. It's got to be, you know, who else would it be? Mm. Yeah. Just her, just her gear that she's wearing, and the way she's talking, and she's the way she says Valhalla awaits. I mean, it gives me goosebumps. I, I'm, I'm really interested in, in the new Viking Raiders, and uh, I can't wait to see them. No, they'll oh. be good. Uh, again, I love the tag team. Uh. They were booked well in NXT, so I'm not worried about them being a silly gimmick again as long as they can stay healthy. So I'm excited for it as another dimension to it. And I don't think we ever got like an Usos Viking Raiders proper match yet. Not that I remember. So that's one that I'm excited for. Definitely will be an interesting matchup. Speaking of interesting matchups, next thing we get to see is the Braun Strowman face to face standoff with uh omas you have to say i i i want to read his name as omos and but it is omas mvp definitely reminds us this later on uh on commentary they remind us that braun Strowman is six foot eight and 340 pounds you know i can't wait to see the tail of the tape i hope they show it at crown jewel uh braun comes out and he cuts a promo and MVP comes out alone, and MVP cuts a promo on Braun. Braun makes a challenge to Omos at uh, Crown Jewel, and MVP accepts uh, accepts the challenge on the Nigerian Giants' behalf. Omos comes out, and Braun looks a little worried at first. We finally get to see these two in comparison, and uh, Strowman's backed up a little bit when Omos enters the ring and then takes a couple of steps forward into him to where we get to finally see them, you know, stacked to get, you know, stacked side by side, which was a great shot. Uh, then all of a sudden Omos goes into the fighting stance and shoves Strowman clear out the ring. The only thing I have to say that was off about this that I didn't like was just the, the, the stance he went into. Like it was almost, you know, power ranger stance style. It was, just, that was a little yeah. odd, and the timing of it was a little odd. But, I mean, to be able to to shove Strowman, I mean, he he pushed him like he was an offensive lineman, you know, to clear yeah. out that ring. <laughs> and any big man that falls to the floor, you know, it doesn't feel good. What'd you think about? Uh, what'd you think about this match? This face to face. Uh, I actually. Um... I get it that you want to get them face-to-face for the video package, but I was kind of hoping they'd actually hold it off until Crown Jewel. I was hoping that you were going to get MVP just working on behalf of Omos. Um, 
Strowman trying to get to Omos, but I was kind of hoping that you'd hold it off because if you could get that on a live event for the first time, them standing side by side like that, face to face. Um, yeah, so I was kind of hoping they would. It would have been a better shot. I think I wish they would have kind of held off on that. Um, I was my almost, other thought uh, on I was it. Almost with you on that thought. Yeah, I almost yeah. thought they were about to do that. It seemed like they were going to do yeah, that. Like a little bit of a missed opportunity, but. Yeah, missed opportunity, but it's okay. Like, it's not – these guys aren't big enough stars to where that affects my life. Like, it's not like we're waiting on two giant stars that, um, you know, we can't wait. It's, it's not it's not Hogan and Andre, you know. It's not, it's not even close to that. Um, so, uh, second thought was I really want to know um, – like uh, how much that suit cost Omos? Because like with the amount of material that had to be put and made into it, he was like the world's largest Wall Street banker. <laughs> uh, so, but it looks sharp. And I, though. and I do, and I always do wonder. I'm like they always shoot him from down below, so it makes him look taller. But I'm also like, or is he just that tall to where that's just the cameraman standing straight up, and that's what it looks like. I don't know, so, but uh, one thing I didn't like about this was the beginning when MVP came out. Okay, Braun Strowman is supposed to be depicted as this monster. I want MVP like to be afraid to get into the ring, by if he's alone, you know, show you make make Braun make Braun appear to be that monster. Okay, but that's my only complaint in that odd stance. I still can't get over that Power Ranger stance. No, that was a weird stance. I'm with you. But moving on. Let's uh, let's see. The next thing was just real quick was Caleb Braxton interviewing Drew McIntyre. She questions him about uh, his attack uh, last week on Karrion Cross about the car wreck and asked him if there was any repercussions. Drew goes on to say that he did have a strong talk with upper management and they're not allowed to have any contact, but they... Uh, all parties have agreed that this must be settled, and we're going to get Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross at Crown Jewel in a steel cage match. What do you think about this? Uh, as long as this the this is the blow off, I'm okay with it. Um, so yeah, I, I only want to see these guys have one more match with each other. I don't. It's kind of. I mean, I guess it only happened a week ago with that car wreck. I don't know why, but I feel like the the feud is kind of like faded off a little bit. These guys are two big stars, and I kind of wish the feud to be a little bit more intense than it is. And so I don't really know. Maybe it's just me, and I'm not into it. Or still two weeks till Crown Jewel. Okay. Yeah. I hope they add some more to it. Maybe it's just a me thing. Maybe I'm just not into it. Um, but uh, I'm excited for a steel cage match. I hope it is. Um. I hope that uh, it's not an escape kind of thing. I would rather it be someone pinfall and make it definitive who wins. Um, and I know steel cage match, even though there's supposed to be no shenanigans, there's always shenanigans because it's WWE. Uh, but um, I think it's a good blow off feud. I think it's a good first feud for Karrion Cross to oh, really you know solidify Charlotte. victory. You know Scarlett's getting involved somehow. I know she case. is. <laughs> I know. So, uh, but I but I also love too, man. Drew Drew doing a promo. Not many people can get as much passion behind when he speaks. 
And so I, I am always down for Drew selling a match. I'm always down for Drew doing a promo. So standard promo, good babyface thing. Uh, awesome that we're going to have this match coming up. Two big brutes beating the hell out of each other in a cage. It feels very 1980s to me. I love it. Man meat, slapping man meat. We're all for that. But let's move on to our next match, which was the third match of the night, because it is Damage Controls, Dakota Kai and Io Sky, accompanied by Bailey, of course, versus Shotzi and Raquel Rodriguez in a tag team championship match. So this match, Shotzi and Raquel work really well together, and they control most of the match. Shotzi ends up hitting a very nice missile drop kick on Dakota Kai while on Raquel's shoulders. They hit what they end up getting to the point where they hit what looks like a tag finisher. But Dakota stops the pin from happening, and that's when things just go all awry. Raquel and Dakota end up taking each other out out to the outside of the ring. To the outside of the ring, that's a mouthful. Allowing Eo to set up for the moonsault, and she ends up pinning Shotzi. Clean, damage control retains. No funny business during this match. What did you think about that? Uh, I enjoyed that. I know you wanted to see this feud go on a little bit more. You kind of talked about that before we went on the air here. Uh, for me personally, I don't think they they built Raquel up big. I don't think they built up Shotzi enough. Shotzi has just come across as a jobber for a long time. So I would like to see her get built back up before we could see her winning matches and moving on. But I think... The tag titles, since they got put on damage control, has kind of been a little bit on the back burner. So I like to see them just winning matches defiantly, winning them without shenanigans, and just kind of solidifying that, hey, we are the best women's tag team right now in wrestling. Uh, moving forward here as you're kind of just building credibility to it. So, But as the match in general, it was just a fine standard women's tag match. Yeah, this was a, this was a gr- good match. And uh, both teams worked well together. I think EO and uh, Dakota showed a lot of improvement working together here. Not that they've been working bad together, but you can see they're getting more uh, fluidity working together. And the only my only takeaway is that they did end up going over and beating. They beat uh, Raquel and Shotzi clean. And Raquel and Shotzi showed the, I mean, they proved in one match right there you know, especially, and they worked pretty well together in their match last week, but they definitely proved it in that match that they are a legitimate team. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I'm with you on that front away. too. So yep. moving on, let's, uh, let's see. The next thing was Kayla Braxton interviewing Ronda Rousey backstage. She asked Ronda if there will be an open challenge tonight as the WWE universe expects based off her past title reigns. Ronda cuts a promo saying she issues open challenges to prove she's the best not to entertain the WWE universe. That the WWE universe turned their backs on her when she gave her all and she got nothing but hate in return. So she became champion to spite them. Because the WWE Universe doesn't want the best to win. They only want their favorites to win. But they're stuck with the best. Says there will be an open challenge next week when she feels like it. What do you think about this promo? This was the best Ronda Rousey promo we have probably gotten ever. 
I would say. Well, I, it was. I think this this was yeah this was the best Ronda Rousey promo that I can remember in definitely recent memory. Yeah. Um, we got a definitive "I am a heel." We got on top of it, uh, saying the true stuff too. Like not give you know instead of the fans just "I want this, I want that." She's like, "No, I'm the best," and so this is what you're gonna get. Deal with it. Yes, love that. Um, and then the standard, very old school. Yeah, I'll do the challenge when I feel like it, but Ohio doesn't deserve it or whatever she said. Like that's another one where yeah, I'm get like, get the hell super out of classic. Ohio. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah, super classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything about it's great, but also saying, yeah, I'm not going to do it this week. I'll feel like it next week. Is just another way of just selling for next week. Like you're 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 promoting the show for next week, which Vince never did. Triple H does a much better job of. So, I mean, that's a that's a great selling point. It's just literally saying like, I am the best. If you really want to watch me and you really want to see what I can do, tune in next week and I'll show you. Loved it. Everything about this promo was perfect, which yeah. I've never said that about a Ronda Rousey promo before. What? Well, I was going to say, I think uh, here in her last few matches, especially at Extreme Rules, we saw a big improvement in her being able to work a crowd, which she's never been bad at in the first place, right? Yeah. And we, I think, you know... Us long-term fans all know that the best Ronda Rousey is a heel Ronda Rousey. And I think it flows more natural for her, especially when she cuts a promo. And this was the prime example of that. I believe she believed every word she said, and this sucked me in. And now Mm -hmm. I'm really interested to see who's going to answer that open challenge next week. Yes. Um, I am more curious too if we're gonna finally get the Ronda Rousey Shayna Baszler tandem that I've always been hoping for. <laughs> All right, well let's see. Moving on, the show then cuts to the announcers talking about Logan Paul and how you know we got a Logan Paul package, and then they're talking about Logan Paul, and then all of a sudden they are cut off by a Bray Wyatt glitch vignette. It's the spooky mask with distorted audio repeating the phrase mixed with some interesting images and it flashes a QR code on the screen. The QR code takes you to a link at WWE.com with Bray Wyatt's Psyche Evaluation, which has most of it redacted. Except his name, his birth date, the fact that he refused to sign it, a psychological history section saying he, he has difficulty showing remorse or empathy slash conflict with social norms. And there was also a section marked other that reads disregarding or violating the rights of others. At the end of the vignette, it showed a person wearing a brimmed hat topped with a crown of thorns. And what looked to me to be a mask of a gentleman with what appeared to be a grayish goatee and very defined cheeks. I am convinced it is a mask because you hear the person say howdy without the mouth moving. Bad part was it cutting back to the announcers plugging the football games on Fox after this. Because you get through the vignette, and then it just you, you the announcers were interrupted, and then it just cuts back to them after the vignette, and they're plugging the football games. 
and they don't even acknowledge that they were interrupted. That bugs me. But back to talking about what we had here. Was it a was it a gentleman I, wearing a mask? What do you think? I'm gonna go yes. I'm gonna say yes. Um, otherwise, your guess is as good as mine on everything. Like I, I, this is one of the few times where like we're wrestling fans, so we always like to predict the future, and this is what's gonna happen. It's gonna be this, and we think this. This is literally one of the very few storylines where I'm just like week to week i'm going to be just as shocked i'm going to be just as surprised and i am just as excited to see what happens next but yeah like the psyche evaluation um says he has no remorse things of that nature yeah like it's um everything points to a split personality uh situation that we have here and i'm very excited for it i just I just want to know how it's going to translate to the ring. That's all I want to know. That's that's all I want to figure out. I wasn't able to make out what was being said during the uh, at the beginning of the vignette when the spooky mask is talking over the distorted audio. He's he's repeating himself. Were you? If you were able to make out what was being said over the distorted audio at the beginning, not not really. Yeah, not really. But there were some interesting images there, you know, a couple of them flashing. There was one of, of somebody that looked uh, very, he looked deformed in the face or looked like he had had, you know, ha- ha- may have had an accident and part of his face been, you know, disfigured. Um, there was a spooky shadow in a doorway of a very tall person, more or less. Um just some very creepy cryptic images here so uh definitely this is something you are just going to have to be on the ride for but moving on this is off let's but before we oh before we move on i will say one thing this is obviously a separate character than from the max that we've seen before correct correct all right so the next thing was oh this was uh when we get to see santos escobar talking about how legato del fantasma has grown from a family business to an empire through mergers and acquisitions their latest acquisition being zelina vega she then cuts a promo and they say their legacy begins on smackdown by destroying hit row it then shows hit row backstage and they were watching that vignette themselves and b fab says they always play in the number games but she has an idea what do you think about this uh first of all i loved the line <laughs> i there was a great line here um and it talked about how like uh they want to know how legato is standing head and shoulders above them when the tallest member of the team only comes up to top dollar shoulders <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I like that light a lot. <laughs> Made me laugh. Um, I definitely think it is a um, just due to the injury to Montez Ford, um, and because we've seen them a lot together. I think Angelo Dawkins is the answer. Or uh, for those of you if you haven't seen uh, Halloween Havoc yet, there is a person in the ladder match that did not win for the United or for the North American title that I think is bound to make their move up to the main roster. Carmelo Hayes. Ooh, this is a very, very interesting call, and I'm with you on that as well. I think that 
Yeah. Is like, that was going to be what I was about to ask you is what do you think Bebab's plan is or her idea is? And I, I think, think yeah, I think it is. It, and like you said, Angelo Dawkins or you know, temp it'd be temporary. But maybe we are looking to add a new member to Hit Row. And I mean, with Carmelo Hayes, that dude is a star. And speaking of stars, Legato del Fantasma in this promo. All of them dressed. Dressed to the nines, man. They look like stars. I love this faction. And I, I think it's even better with Zelina Vega. I'm glad that she, they finally, like, she's back. And this is, I think she's perfect for this, for Legato del Fantasma. And, I mean, Santos Escobar. Um, I can't wait. Can't wait. No, I'm with you on this one. I'm with you, 100%. All right, well, the next thing is our main event of the night. And it was the fourth match. They only had four matches. See, Rey Mysterio versus Ludwig Kaiser. I love SmackDown's ring announcer and how she does everybody's entrance different. She is amazing. Get her in the new WWE 2K game. (laughs) Fair. Uh, this ma- match was great. Uh, I was excited for this one, like you, you were saying, uh, talking about matchups that Rey Mysterio uh, hasn't had yet. And I didn't, you know, when you talk about matches you didn't know you wanted, this was one of them. Shout out to Ray for this one at the beginning, though, for sporting gear based off Macho Man. Did you catch that? Was pink it? No, and, was it? Yeah, it was pink and yellow. Yep. Totally stars and everything. Total okay. shout out, total call out to Macho Man Randy Savage. Ludwig starts out hot during this match, and they have a sort of even matchup at first. And Ludwig hits some heavy moves on Ray. Like this dude is—he's <laughs> just as physical as Gunter. And this was a good match for him to show that off. Mysterio gets the setup for the six one nine. But Giovanni and Gunther distract Ray, then continue with the distractions to give Ludwig the upper hand. Ray starts to come back, and the crowd's all behind him. At one point, Ray is outside the ring, and Ludwig is distracting the referee. So Gunther and Giovanni can do something to Ray, but Mysterio grabs a steel chair and tosses it to Gunther who smacks it out of the air and it makes that loud chair smack sound. With the ref turning around, Ray then jumps on the ground acting like he was hit. The the ref then throws Gunther and Giovanni out of the match. You know, they were at ringside. So he throws them out from, you know, throws them out of the arena. And Ray ends up winning with the 619. So what do you do? think about this one um the best i did like the touch to where there uh it showed that uh, numbers games this eliminated the numbers game um and i don't think it makes ludwig look weak taking this loss um if anything no. it de- like it definitely it doesn't hurt him at all no it that's looked- i mean honestly that's what vinci and ludwig are there for in a, in a feud like this they are there to lose to ray so that it makes ray look stronger when he loses to gunther like that's the standard formula 
Um, but the other side of it is uh, one spot I wanted to talk about is right before the first commercial break during it. Uh, Ray was going for that slide outside of the apron where he uh, then slams on top of a uh, grounded opponent and uh, Ludwig avoided it and Ray kind of rolled through it. And then when he turned around, he got hit with a wicked European uppercut right yeah. there on the floor. And that was a great spot. Um, one thing I did not like, and this is just because of the, I get it, their heels. I, I, I totally understand it, that they are heels and they want to try and get the upper hand. But Walter, Walter Gunther mm-hmm. is a a gentleman. He is a ring general, and he he takes wrestling very very seriously. So to show him trying to distract or to show him to try and do any sort of cheating whatsoever, actually to me takes away from his character because I feel like Imperium has more integrity than to do anything such as that when one of their guys are in a match. Um, but I get it at the same time their heels and they want to find ways to get the crowd excited because the heels were kicked out or yada, yada, yada. Um, but yeah, I feel like for any other people, sure, cool, that works. But for Gunther, because he has such a high ring integrity, I don't, I don't know. That spot kind of bugged me a little bit. Like he, he's not someone that would uh, stoop to lower tactics. Like that's mm. just not the character to me. Uh, but overall... They did manage to do it without them getting actually involved though true they they that never actually true. laid any hands on uh ray at all so they did manage to do yeah. the integrity with that and especially you see you especially see this is important because you see the integrity when ray mysterio goes to toss him because it's it's a toss he tosses the chair to gunther and gunther immediately smacks down the chair saying i don't need no chair yeah but, you yes, know sir. what i mean like yeah. So it, there is, you know, so I'm with you. Definitely. De- I, I would have not rather seen him jump up on the apron like he did. I'm with yeah. you on that. Absolutely. Um, but outside of that, man, it's a fun match. Um, again, a match I didn't know I wanted. Uh, now that Mysterio is there on SmackDown, there is a lot of matches. that I'm like, holy crap, I didn't know I wanted these matches. I'm very excited for them. Um, so keep giving me more of that. Um, I love the way Imperium is just being booked in general on SmackDown. I was very nervous for a lot of those guys moving up, but they have just gotten into that role and become a fixture of SmackDown and they make that show better. So I am, I am very excited to, uh, once the Usos are done with their title run, I do want to see Imperium get a small, a small run with the belts, just something. I think they deserve it. Well, let's go on. Let's move on. Uh, before we move on to the last thing that happens in the night, we did get a small update on Sheamus from earlier in the night's attack. And he has a non-displaced fracture near his elbow. So it will be undetermined, obviously, until we get another update on when he is able to return to the ring. But the last thing that happens in the night is Logan Paul. He comes down to the ring to cut a promo in his home state of Ohio. During this, uh, during his entrance, they show that he's, or you know, they show that he's been training with Shawn Michaels, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, he comes down and he says to all of us WWE diehards that he knows that we doubt him. But he's been doubted his whole life. And look where he's at now. 
Logan Paul goes on to say no one is expecting him to win at Crown Jewel. But what happens if he does? He's then blindsided out of nowhere by Jay Uso, despite Sami Zayn telling him Roman Reigns didn't want anyone to get involved. Jay ends up throwing Logan Paul into the corner when Sami Zayn comes out to stop him. Jay doesn't listen and goes on to charge at Logan, but Logan sidesteps him, then lays out Jay Uso with one punch. Two weeks from Crown Jewel, and Logan Paul knocks out a member of the bloodline. There is sure to be hell to pay next week, because we find out that the Tribal Chief will be back on SmackDown. What do you think about Logan Paul knocking out Jay Uso? I will say the knockout was good. Um, and when you say hell to pay, it's hell to pay for Jimmy. Or not Jimmy, but Jay. Not hell to pay for Logan. It's hell to pay for Jay because he disobeyed orders. Um, so that part was fine. The promo, on the other hand, was... Is he, is he a baby face? Is that, is that the goal? Because he called us all dummies. Just letting he you did. Know. like he he literally called us all dummies. Um, he did the I cheap am, Ohio pop. I'm I'm conflicted because obviously he was going to get cheered in his uh, home state, right? Right. Okay, and he did. I was I was expecting because he did end up saying something about he in his promo he uh, he was calling out all the members of the of the bloodline, saying how there's two members of the bloodline that are basically the same person. Who is he's talking about the Usos, and then there's a person named Solo who he's never seen by himself, and then there's Sami Zayn who he has no friends that look nothing like him. Logan Paul has no friends that look like Sami Zayn. What is that guy? He quotes, but uh, the thing was here is like you, I think I was about to say is uh, he took a big risk definitely by ragging on Sami Zayn like that with Sami being so over and I think if anywhere else but Ohio he would have gotten booed for it but I mean I think he would have been booed regardless of where he went um yeah just for in general because he's I mean he's genuinely an unlikable human being but I think that's the thing is that the WWE is aware of this and Logan Paul is aware of this that people are going to hate on him Right, and he obviously this was a call out during his promo that he's aware of people talking about him being in the WWE and just hating on it, which isn't the thing to do as fans. You should, like this is very like I th- this is great. I'm lo- I like Logan Paul, um, and I, I, this is despite him even we don't even have to talk about his in ring skills. Let's just talk about what he brings to the product in general. You know, it's more eyes on this product. And now, if you know, once you get past that and, you know, recognize that, then recognize that he's got some in-ring skills. And he's proven that, you know, and he's proven that he takes it seriously by training the way he does. And here's something I, I will mention that's interesting as well. When you pull up Logan Paul, on the internet, when you Google him, 
his his under thing you know where like his wikipedia is calls it he is a professional wrestler right now it says logan yeah. paul professional wrestler accept it folks it's good for the business as triple h oh, would oh. once always say it is what's best for business and i i i think he does cut an interesting promo and I think he's better at maybe riding that line between heel and babyface because there are he, he's a he's a lot of kids like Logan Paul. Yeah. Oh, dude, dude. To me, they couldn't have picked a better opponent for Roman for a crown jewel show. These big shows outside of the U.S. and outside of the U.K. are perfect for guys like Logan Paul because, unfortunately. Unless he's facing someone that's just even more unlikable, anytime he's going to be at a big show in the U.S., whether it be Mania, SummerSlam, etc., he's going to get booed at the beginning. We're going to cheer him at the end because we're going to see, oh gosh, yeah, he can work in the ring. He does a good job in the ring. Like I was at SummerSlam against The Miz. I was there. When he first came out, people did not like him. But as the match went on, everyone was like, and I, this is literally the chatter all around me. Everyone was like, Oh, this guy can work. Oh, this guy's actually pretty good. Oh, this guy's actually doing some good stuff. Like, yeah, that's so we know that we know he can do what he can do. He's just such an unlikable person, but he's such a big star that he is perfect for these stadium shows that are outside of the U.S. Or he is perfect for um, taking a spot in the Rumble just to be thrown out by someone who um can make him have a mania match that's going to be a good just poster. Like I think like what like when I when I think of mania for next year, I think he would look great going into the Rumble and getting eliminated by someone like Braun Strowman. And if you tell me Strowman and and Logan Paul are going to have a mania match and that's how it starts, that's going to look wonderful on a poster. And that's why he's there, to look wonderful on a poster, to be a big name and bring eyes to the product. He's not there. If he's going to be champion, people are going to completely just revolt. Like, they are going to revolt. <laughs> but, like, but him facing guys like Braun Strowman or him facing guys, you know, when he did The Miz, it was great. But, like, just guys that have big personalities and guys that have otherworldly talents that can just make for a spectacle – because, like, I, I look back at last year's WrestleMania. Sami Zayn is one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. We all know that. His match with Johnny Knoxville was one of the best things on that entire weekend. It was a very entertaining match. It I, was great. I'm with you. It was I great. I loved it, too. So, so I, I put Logan Paul. <laughs> I did, too. I did, too. So, I put Logan Paul in that same vein as uh, Johnny Knoxville. I know he's way more athletic. I know he has way more um, actual... Uh, combat sports, you know, background, but he's still a celebrity. He's still mm. someone in the mainstream. And so in my head, putting him up against guys like that, when we have big shows like this, as opposed to integrating him as like a normal roster member, it's the same as bad bunny and bad Bunny's great in the ring as well. And mm. I just kind of, I'm yeah. always going to view him that way. Uh, but I think I, again, I get annoyed. He kind of jumped the line to get to a title shot here. But at the same time, I 100% get it. It's a big stadium show where you know the title's not going to change hands, and it gives Roman even more credibility with mainstream that this that Roman is facing 
Logan Paul when we all know that the end game is for Roman to face an even bigger star on The Rock? Couldn't say it better myself. Well, it's that time of the night, folks. It's our end of the show. It's time for our favorite moments. So here I wrote down that my near fall of the night was damage control. And it wasn't the match itself. It was the fact how they just went over on a obviously good team of Raquel and Shotzi. I wish they would have done it in a way to kept them looking stronger. But I'm not too disappointed by the outcome because it was a uh, good matchup. And uh, this that was the only downside. That was the only my only complaint of the night. Um, what about you? What was your near fall? Uh, my near fall of the night was also that segment. Um, we kind of talked about this before. I'm just kind of done with damage control. I know you're, there's people that still want to keep seeing it play out a little bit more. I personally just think it's not working. Let's move on. I'm kind of just done with damage control in general. Uh, let's move on to the next one, which would be the bump of the night. This was a tough one for me to decide because I have it between... Shotzi's missile dropkick to Dakota Kai on top of Raquel's shoulders. It was a super missile dropkick. Or the Ludwig Kaiser uppercut to Rey Mysterio. I'm going to have to give it to Shotzi for this one. Because, I mean, that I was like I said, that, I was very impressed with that team during that match. And I can't say that enough. You you know I'm going with the Ludwig uh, uppercut. I that was that was I, I brought it up earlier. I love that spot so much, just because no one ever moves out of that spot from Ray. Um, and then they moved it. He slid through that, and that uppercut was just delivered perfectly. Ray sold it like a like he got murdered with it. It was great. It was a great shot. For uh, the next one is showstopper of the night, which is the best moment that just makes you go, "Whoa, what was that?" For me. The Logan Paul punch. The end of the night. It was very out of it was very out of nowhere. I did not expect it. Did not see that coming. I expected something screwy, but I did not expect him to knock him out with one punch. So that's definitely a showstopper for me. What about you? The Ronda Rousey promo. Again, that is her best promo she has done in WWE, and it solidified her as a heel, and it made me say, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna watch next week because I wanna see who comes out there just to get killed by you because you look great right now. You're getting ahead of yourself, my friend, because the next one would be Savage promo of the night, and I gave that to Ronda because oh. that was a right, Andy Savage promo. I'll I, stick with that, you, man. I'll just, clip, I don't even need to say anything more. Yep. Clip that promo. I mean, that's a highlight reel of a Ronda Rousey for sure. Yep. I'm with you. I'll just, uh, yep. For the next one is Barn Burner, the best match of the night. Rey Mysterio versus Ludwig Kaiser. I have oh, to say, I, it was tough. It was very tough. It was that or the damage control match. Oh, no. I was thinking the opener, Sokoa and Sheamus. Oh, you like the opener? I did like the opener. I am. I have become such a Sheamus fan in the last six months. I really enjoyed it. And I just become a big Brawling Boots fan. And give me that. Give me Butch any day on my screen. I love that dude. I don't. I, I can't disagree with you. I can't. I, I can't disagree with you. I only give it to Ludwig and Rey Mysterio because it was a good main event, and oh, good. you know you've said it before where it's just one of those matchups you didn't know you wanted to see. Um, 
they still went for uh, what was it? I think it was like 15, 20 minutes. Like 12, 15 minute match, yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the bottom line. You can embrace the madness by finding us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cream of the crop wrestling. Follow us on Twitter at cream of the crop W. Subscribe to our YouTube channel by searching for cream of the crop wrestling until we get our own URL. Check out our TikTok at cream of the crop wrestling. And you can find full episodes of our podcast wherever podcasts are found. We have a lot of content in the works and we'll be forever grateful for your support. Until the next episode, I'm Patrick. And I'm Rob. And thank you for listening to Cream of the Crop Wrestling. Good night. Thank you for listening to Cream of the Crop Wrestling. You can embrace the madness by finding us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cream of the crop wrestling. Follow us on Twitter at cream of the crop W. Subscribe to our YouTube channel by typing cream of the crop wrestling in the search bar. Have fun with us on TikTok at Cream of the Crop Wrestling. And you can always find full episodes of the podcast wherever podcasts are found. Nothing means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. Oh, yeah!